how are we going to help ourselves to turn towards those things that are challenging and personally important? And that requires courage. Mm. It requires being willing to do things, not without fear, but with fear. Mm. To do the things that are difficult whilst they're still difficult. Mm. And that's, that's courage. How do we become our best and live a life of meaning and purpose? In a world where the constant focus is on fixing what's wrong with us, we want to highlight what is right and good about you to help you live out your best every day. Hi, I'm Eloise Wellings. And I'm Rory Darkins. And this is What's Right Within. Hello and welcome back or welcome to What's Right Within. Today we are joined by Eric Winters, who is a self-leadership coach and has just released a book called Swipe Right on Your Best Self. Really looking forward to exploring Eric's insights and what he's come to learn from the last 12 years of working with leaders to help them bring their best to work and life. Welcome, Eric. Thanks for coming on, Eric. What a pleasure. Thanks so much. And um, you've just written a book called Swipe Right on Your Best Self. Tell us a bit more about um, what you currently do, but also how you got into to doing that. Yes. So uh, for the last 12 years, I have been a, a leadership development coach. Mm-hmm. So I've been running workshops or doing one-to-one coaching, helping uh, leaders, uh, team leaders, or busy professionals to be their best to improve their performance and to get the best out of other people in their workplaces and uh, that's been fantastic and i've been doing that for about as i say 12 years but prior to that i had uh, an, an earlier career in the it industry mm-hmm. and i started off working in edinburgh in scotland and i noticed there i was working on the the, the bank project so they've got a big bank over there the royal bank of scotland and uh, I was on that project. And from time to time, the ATM network there would go down. Yeah. So you know, it's, all, it's all running on IBM hardware. And you need to know when as something as big as that goes down, there's a lot of excitement in the IBM office. There's a lot of noise. There's, there's quite a lot of uh, anxious energy because there are fines to be paid on a per second basis. Oh, really? <laughs> Oh, yes, because, uh, yeah, the Royal Bank of Scotland paid a lot of money for IBM to provide mm. this service. So yeah. anyway, there's a lot of stress and a lot of anxious no people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I noticed during these times of, of crisis, there were some leaders who could step forward and manage themselves. They could manage their own minds to be uh, calm, to think effectively, to problem solve, and importantly, to get the best out of other people. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like their high performance was contagious, that they were able to uh, infect others with calm, deliberate, methodical thinking to yeah. get to, to, yeah, to overcome the challenges as quickly as possible. And I was very inspired. Mm. And at the same time, there are other managers, Rory, other managers who would fall to pieces to some degree. You know, they would start getting uh, jumpy, anxious, and that was contagious. And they were unable to 
meet challenges as effectively, as effectively as the others. And I wondered, what's the difference? Mm. What's, what are these two groups doing? And initially I thought, maybe, (laughs) (laughs) yes, what is the difference? And that was while I was in Scotland, but I also, I moved after Scotland to uh, Abu Dhabi Mm -hmm. in the Middle East and spent a couple of years there and exactly the same phenomena happened there. So the culture was entirely different as you might imagine. Mm. Uh, Working with a lot of uh, local uh, Emiratis and people from different uh, nationalities in that geographic neighborhood. But the phenomenon was the same. Mm. There were some people who were just wonderful under stress at getting the best out of themselves and others and some which fell apart. I wanted to know what was the difference. And uh, I indulged myself by taking a deep dive into the, the science of human behavior and mm. optimal human performance. And it's been just marvelous. I got two master's degrees in human behavior. I really wanted to know what, what, what is known, what is mm. known about high performance, mm. uh, not only at work, but in our private lives too. How can we have high-performance relationships, you know, really mm. strong, intimate relationships. How can we take care of our health uh, mm. in a high-performance manner and do well in the workplace? And so, That's- Eric, you've written this amazing book around all of your research in, in your deep dive um, into those things. You talk about three mindsets essential for courageous action. Can you tell us a bit more about mm. that? Yeah. So uh, it, it's my belief that there are, we are suffering from three particular human predicaments that make it difficult to live as courageously as we might. And the three mindsets that I propose are antidotes, antidotes to the, uh, the, the challenges that we face living in the modern world. So the, the first mindset that I believe to be especially important is gratitude, a defiant gratitude. Mm. Because the the world we're in is continually bombarding us with messages on advertising or social media, Mm. or perhaps just in our general culture, telling us that we are not enough as we are. Now, if we had the right car or the right fragrance or the right phone, or if we were just a better looking or uh, maybe slimmer or taller or better educated, if only we were different, then we'd be worthy. But actually, as you are, you're not quite sufficient. Mm-hmm. So, it's, uh, and we see this everywhere, don't we? If you put on the, the TV, you are told in the advertisement, there's something missing. The antidote to this continual chronic depletion we're all experience is and the research backs this up is gratitude for what we already have Mm. for the relationships we have for access to wonderful podcasts like yours so much information available now Mm. uh, freely freely given and freely available Mm. for libraries any book you want to read, it must be a YouTube video for anything 
mm. you want to learn. And what, how extraordinary. The, the thought that we could pick up a phone and speak to someone in real time. My sister's in the mm. UK, uh, southern England. That's just about the other side of the planet. I, and the, the thought that I could speak to her as though she's in the same room. Yeah. And, you know, it seems to me sometimes with uh, WhatsApp or these other phone devices is that the people seem to be clearer on these yeah. than they actually are. In, how do they do that? <laughs> so, <laughs> I think it's amazing. And if when we can pause to appreciate and be grateful for what we do have in mm. our lives, it's an antidote to that sense of... Uh, uh, being less than or unworthy. Yeah. If someone is to practice gratitude every day, do you encourage mm. people to um, write this down? Do you encourage them to verbalize it? To have you, are there any particular um, yeah. methodologies like? that you found mm. actually make it more effective? Well, I, I know you're, you're uh, both fans of the the three good things exercise, mm-hmm. and so something I, I practice myself each day is to write it down. So I start each day, I choose to start each day with a piece of paper and I see at the top of the paper, I write down what's good, Sorry, what's good. Mm. And I just make a note of the things in my life that are just there that are good. And it could be my, my relationship with my partner, Rachel. Mm. That's good. It could be, something I've, I've read recently uh, and an opportunity that's coming up to talk to people and perhaps give another keynote mm. anything or living i live by quite close to the sea here in uh, manly in sydney the beach that's good seeing whales swim past with their uh, with their calves that's good yesterday mm. i saw two echidna that's good so mm. i just write down three things that are good but I also ask myself the question, and what's good about that? Mm. That's what's yeah, good. Yeah, awesome. I love that. Mm. And um, you obviously, in your book, you talk, about, um, you talk about purpose, which is such a central theme um, for us on, mm. on the podcast and, you know, people exploring uh, where, what purpose looks like for them and um, how to live a life, really, that's, you know, imbued with meaning and purpose. So... What have you kind of come to know around um, that topic of purpose? And, and, you know, what do you say to people who perhaps are kind of like, yeah, that's nice, but like, I don't know what my purpose is. Well, this is a really big topic, uh, as you're aware. But what, what I'd encourage people to know is, is not so much to find their purpose, so much as to identify what would be meaningful purposes in their life. I think some people set themselves this very, very high bar of, I've got to find the one true reason that yeah. I've been beamed down, you know, into this, onto this planet at this time. You know, what is my over, my overriding one true big purpose? And yeah, that it works for some folk and all power to them. However, it's a dangerous strategy because at times, if you decide your one true purpose is to let's say be a doctor it may be at some point that you can no longer fulfill that career something could happen and then if you lose your one true purpose you're in trouble Mm. better instead to have multiple purposes Mm. 
Mm. And this is just to say, what are things that matter to you? What are some of the things that are important to you? And maybe it's having a, a close relationship with someone. Maybe it's caring for someone. Maybe it's reading uh, all of the works of Shakespeare. I, I don't know. These are all valid. They're all valid uh, purposes because different people get meaning mm. and find worthwhile uh, experiences in all sorts of things. Mm. So I help people to work out what is it in their life that has perhaps brought them purpose and meaning and fulfillment in the past that we can resurrect mm. or indeed what are things that so they could introduce mm. into their lives. And there are, there are so many ways of helping people to uh, identify mm. what those things are now yeah. because they change yeah. throughout the course of our life. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I definitely, um, agree about that idea of you know like purpose isn't necessarily a one overarching thing that you kind of articulate mm -hmm. and find it it definitely can be um but you know it's really a it's exploring what gives you purpose and um so i really like it you know linking it to what matters to you and, and just asking that question regularly enough to um you know to move in the direction of the things that matter to us um, how's mm. it, how's it different to passion in your, in your view? Mm. Well, passion is an energy. So it's an experience you find. You might have a, uh, a very strong motivation, like a, a high degree of activation to do a particular thing. But there are many things in life which are highly, highly meaningful that don't include a fierce passion. Mm. So maybe you, uh, you know, one of the things that matters to you is taking care of your family. Okay. It could be uh, looking after someone when they're really sick mm. and they're, 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 uh, you know, this, this is going to be really hard. Being a carer is, is very, very challenging. Mm. Uh, it, it can be, and it's, but it personally hugely meaningful. And there are a lot of things people do in their lives, which, which actually aren't fun, you know, they're not directly enjoyable, but they're meaningful, they're worthwhile, but you might not experience uh, a passionate excitement to uh, help a friend move house. And yeah. too much of, of advertising society tells us, be happy, be joyfully happy. And mm -hmm. that's how you'll get fulfillment. But actually, uh, raw happiness is only one ingredient in all of the experiences that bring fulfillment. Mm. Yeah. Eric, in your book, you, you talk about um, courageous authenticity a lot. What, what, is, what is this and, and why is it so important? I put it to you that it, why it really matters is that to do anything that is personally important, that you really care about, does involve some element of risk. Mm. You might not succeed perhaps it's a relationship you'd like to develop you might be rejected it or it might begin and then it might fail but i think if you look back at all of the most rewarding things you've done throughout your life we haven't discussed this but i'm going to estimate i'm going to make a guess that they have all of them have involved some degree 
of challenge mm. and risk. Yeah, 100%. Would that be true? Yep. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah it's you know, the things that really matter. And what do we need? So how, how are we going to help ourselves to turn towards those things that are challenging and personally important? And that requires courage. Mm. It requires being willing to do things, not without fear, but with fear. Mm. To do the things that are difficult whilst they're still difficult. Mm. And that's, that's courage. Now, the, the palliative care nurse, Bronnie Ware, wrote that wonderful book, The Top Regrets of the Dying. Mm. She's taking care of people in their last few weeks and months. And she was hearing these stories of the things that people most regretted. And the top regret, the thing she heard again and again, was this. I wish I'd had the courage to live a life that was true to myself and not the life that others expected of me. To live a life true to myself. Now, that's courageous authenticity mm. and so since my book is about avoiding the number one regret of the dying sorry rory yeah yeah no i just want to pick up on the two parts of that so obviously um there's the courageous side of it which is moving towards what's important to us in the presence mm. of fear um mm -hmm. and it, are you able to just um give us your your take on what authenticity is. It's a word that's used a lot um, these days, but it's, you know, what do you mean by authenticity and how do people go about um, connecting with their own, you know, becoming more authentic, more authentic? Yes. So it is bandied around a lot, isn't it? It's a very popular word, word in the literature, literature for leadership that authenticity is something you do. Mm. So it's rather than it being just an idea, it's an action and it's an action that is aligned with what matters to you, not mm -hmm. somebody else. So we all grow up in a world that encourages us to be, to behave a certain way. Our challenge is to decide for ourselves. Okay. Others have got ideas for how they'd like me to live, what would please them, but what Bronnie Ware is encouraging us to do is to identify, okay, what is it that matters to me? What kind of person do I choose to be? Mm. What kind of person am I going to choose to be? And, and that's an intentional act. That's a, a deliberate act mm. because we're going to decide what kind of person we choose to be and then practice living that way. Would you say then authenticity is acting in a way that lines up with who you want to be? Yes, totally. It's behaving in a way, acting in a way that is aligned with the kind of person you yeah. want to be. That'd be fabulous if we could be authentic 100% of the time. That's not how life works. But we, we will all of us drift uh, off track from time to time, one way or another, in taking care of our health or in our relationships or in how we're working. But we can develop skills to recognize when we've drifted off and bring ourselves back, mm. realign and behave with greater authenticity. Mm. It's about being perfect. It's about getting better at showing up 
as the kind of people we choose to be. Mm. Yes. And there's obviously, um, and that's why courage is so important, right? Because if we are to, to truly express ourselves is this kind of act of vulnerability, right? Because if people see us as we, as we fully are, and we kind of really express who we are, then there's a greater risk that if people don't like that, then we Mm -hmm. can kind of be hurt more than if we were um, just sort of showing a part of ourselves. Yes. And it's so important to Rory. Not only is there a risk, there's a certainty. Mm. There is a certainty that someone, someone somewhere will not approve. Mm. Uh, You will not meet because you cannot meet everybody's expectations. Mm. So, so if you're going to disappoint someone, why not disappoint someone whilst behaving authentically Mm. rather than trying to behave in a way that uh, meets somebody else's expectations? Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool way to look at it in terms of, um, (laughs) you know, almost being intentional about, well, look, this is what I'm about and this is how I'm going to show up because this is what is true and right for me. And if someone consistently presents, you know, their authentic self, do you feel like they kind of naturally find their people, so to speak? Yes, absolutely. If when, when we're willing and this, this especially applies to dating, actually. If you're willing to actually be yourself, be yourself, it really helps people that are not a good match to choose to leave and mm. is very, very attractive to people who uh, are well aligned with the mm. kind of person you are. But it doesn't just apply, of course, to dating. It applies to all environments in mm. the workplace and you can be yourself. Uh, people like it a lot. People like authenticity. Mm. Uh, and it's inspiring. I think partly it's inspi- because it's inspiring. Uh, people are encouraged to be themselves. Almost like we give others permission when we actually express what matters to us, show what matters to us, live that way boldly. Mm. It's, I think in a, in a small way, we can affect others with the courage to be themselves mm. as well. Part of being authentic is actually voicing uh, when we're experiencing difficulty. Now, actually, mm. I, I, uh, yeah, I'm going through a difficult part, just a difficult time right now. It's also authentically voicing when we hold a different perspective. Mm. Oh, that's not the way I see it. I hear what you're mm. saying. I, I've got a different perspective and it, it involves this. So we, we might not require others to also agree with us but we can authentically uh, call out share our perspective uh, really important in organizations when there's this kind of group think there's mm. this consensus thinking everyone's just nodding together really useful if we can have one or two people who are willing to put their hands up and say oh i see things a little bit differently mm. so yeah we we need authentic people yeah and yeah and it's i'd just like to clarify it's not always expressing what's on our mind so authenticity is also a question of being mindful of the circumstance we're in there mm. are times when actually the uh, the, 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 the wisest thing 
is to withhold your opinion. You don't always have to share what you're thinking. Yeah, it's, uh, I think that's called reading yeah, the room, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It's reading the room. I want to just really, um, almost off the top of your head, if you could give us like one, um, one nugget or thought or practice, whatever comes to mind, um, just you know, one really actionable item that comes to mind for each of, of these sort of topics that um, mm. I'll, I'll present sure. to you. Are you cool with that? Yes. Cool. Fire away. Awesome. Do your All work. Right. You're in the hot seat. <laughs> so um, building courage, how do we do it? Mm. Well, I'd, I'd say that the platform to being courageous, doing things that are, are going to be are going to be challenging, the absolute foundation of that is taking care of our bodies, mm. because when we can take care of our sleep and move during the day and nourish ourselves, that has a profound effect over mm. our ability to to act with courage, to do what's difficult, because we will be more reactive and on autopilot and more fearful in our lives when we're tired, when we are inactive, mm. and when we fuel ourselves with rubbish. Yeah, yeah, so I love that. Just from a get the body yeah. right, get the yeah, get the system working for you. That's that's awesome. Self discovery, learning who we are. What's your go-to? Mm -hmm. Is there something that comes to mind? It's like, where does someone start? Oh, where do we begin to understand ourselves? I, I think that's one of the most powerful ways we can begin to understand ourselves is to develop our ability to notice the stories we tell ourselves. Mm. So it's a noticing skill. And as I know you're well aware we can practice the skill of noticing uh, with greater clarity, not just what's in the outside world, but what's happening to, on the inside world. And it's just noticing. It's not trying to change it. And, oh, my, that, that's no good. It's not judging it. It's, so to learn, to understand ourselves better, I would, if I can choose one thing, if you're giving me one thing to take to this island, Rory, mm. uh, to develop self-awareness, it would be taking with me uh, the skill of mindfulness. Mm. And a follow-up one on that is, how would you recommend someone um, get started with um, cultivating mindfulness? I know there's so many ways that can be practiced and you know, what, what have you found like yes. the most accessible way that sort of, you know, has the fewest barriers attached to it? Yes. Well, yeah. And when I first learned mindfulness, I didn't go for the easiest way. I took, I took a very expensive, long, deep dive into it, which I would uh, not recommend as the first way. But nowadays there are so many free apps available. And I would just like to call out uh, an Australian app as the Smiling Minds app, which teach the, the fundamentals, absolute fundamentals. Next quick hit for you is about resilience. How do we, how do we build resilience? You know, times like these call for, call for resilience more than ever. How do you direct people mm. in that direction of becoming more resilient? Yeah. Well, I, I just like to say, I, I don't 
we should stop with resilience. You know, resilience is bouncing back. I, I don't want people to just bounce back. I want them to bounce forward. I want them to move ahead, to to grow and to become more than they are. But uh, the first thing we do need to do is to you know, regain our balance when we've taken a knot. And I'd, I'd, I'd mentioned two things, I think. One is the biology one that we mentioned earlier. We are mm. all so much more resilient when we've taken care, especially of our sleep, mm. especially of our sleep. And it turns out it's the last part of the night that is the most important for that. So we, we get a fine tune up on our emotional resilience circuits during REM sleep. And it turns out that we have longer periods of REM sleep towards the end of the night. So I would encourage people not to cheat themselves out of that last half hour of sleep. We really want to uh, have as much sleep as we possible, we'll get more done. Paradoxically, we get more done by sleeping more. Uh, who'd have thought it? Yeah. But in addition, we can also build resilience by thinking about the times that we have gone through hardship and got through it. And no one gets through life without experiencing multiple knockbacks and eventually finding their feet. Mm. And I encourage people to keep a, a success journal just to, to write down when things don't go so well and what they did, how they got out of it. And just to reflect and savor the fact that they recovered. They have a history of having gone through difficult periods, adversities, and often we don't just come out of them uh, resilient, having you know survived, but we're often even better for it, just slightly. We may not have chosen those difficult experiences, but we've often been to take something out of them to, uh, to grow and develop. Because when we have difficulty in the present, we can think, okay, okay, yeah, I'd rather this wasn't happening, but I've got through stuff before. Yeah. And you know what? I'll get through this and I'll find a way of being better in some dimension because of it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's like if all of our experiences, you know, it doesn't take away from how difficult and um, undesirable many of them have been, but. Mm. Mm. You know, they can still give us um, so much that helps us to move forward in the future. Mm. Um, Eric, last quick hit before we um, we wrap up. What would be your number one takeaway from your own book? If if people, you know, if, if you wanted them to take away one thing, maybe they've read the book. What's the bit that you really feel like? You know what? If if people could just get this bit right. Oh, their life would yep. be well, and uh, the, the truth, of course, is that the, the one thing, and I've, I've got perhaps 12 big ideas in the book, mm. but the one thing that's going to make the biggest difference will be different for different people uh, because we've, we've all got uh, different bricks missing, if you like, in the wall of our lives. However, the, the, the idea which accelerated my courageous authenticity it was developing a sense of urgency for living 
mm. developing a sense of urgency for living. Yeah, there's the, so much power in perspective, eh? And I think, um, you know, whatever way that we cultivate that perspective to be fully yeah. present, I think, you know, um, can help us to be the people we want to be in the world right now, you know? Mm. Um, Eric, there's so much we could cover, um, but are you ready for Rory's rap? I'm ready. I, I, well, I, I, I've, I'll have to be. Really recommend that people do check out your book, uh, Swipe Right on Your Best Self. And, you know, it's, it's, not a, it's not a huge book, which is one of the things I like about it and that it's a really distilled um, manual of sorts for um, the really practical strategies that if we can um, take on, make our own and get right, then we'll be better for it. And the people around us will thank us for that as well. Mm. Um, I mm. think you touch on, you know, you, you have such an important message to share around, particularly around courageous authenticity and really just, you know, the fact that by connecting with ourselves and intentionally showing up in the world as the person that we want to be, that we know ourselves to be, that, everyone wins from that, you know, like our lives get better mm. around us. Um, you know, they benefit from that too. And, and we're all unique in that way. And so what that looks like for each individual is going to be different. Um, and what works for each individual to really be who they want to be may be different too. But that's where I, I think, you know, your message is really important and encouraging people to, to ask those bigger questions and, and, you know, and, and, um, develop a fresh perspective on themselves and on, on life and to, to be intentional about how they move, move forward as the person that they want to be. So um, thanks for, thanks for sharing that with us and would love to um, direct people to, to your work and your book. So where can people find you to sort of follow along and learn more about you and your work? Mm. Mm. Uh, thanks for and uh, and thank you for for, for summarising the, uh, the the message of the book. I, I have tried to write something that's very accessible, cutting mm. out of just getting to the point. You can find me at www.ericwinters.com.au. Awesome. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. I do enjoy listening to your podcasts. Thanks, Thanks Eric. so much again. We appreciate it. Cheers.